Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Welcome in to the Lotus Place. I am so excited tonight, even though it's 9-11, um, historic 9-11, but I'm still very excited tonight because we have our um, black, young, gifted, and black college students on tonight, so we'll be catching up with them tonight on their experience. Um, their first couple of weeks, what is it, two or three weeks of school, first few weeks of school and college life, they've been here with us. Um, twice before here at the Lotus Place, and so we just want to catch up with them and hear what life is like um, for them in college during these precarious times as um, African Americans here. So let me welcome in. Let me see. I think we have Aja here. Welcome in, Aja. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste, everybody. Beautiful, yes. beautiful, beautiful. Yes, yes. Let's bring in our wonderful co-host, Mr. KD, who's practically been all over the country. He was just recently at the White House, and so I want him to tell us about that experience. So welcome in, Mr. Woo-hoo! KD. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. How's everyone else? Great, oh, great. Wonderful to hear good. you. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm sensational. How are things going? Everything is going well. Um, you know, taking one day at a time, slowly but surely. That's it. Staying on That's top of this work. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know you have plenty of it, and you can tell us oh, all about, yeah. <laughs> all about that. We want to hear about what you're, going, what you're going through, what you're experiencing, and what are you feeling, and... Just um, all about that experience because I know it's a different world as that show um, so uh, um, accurately stated. Um, a different world, Bill Cosby show with uh, the little spinoff from the Cosby show. It is totally a different world. And so that's all we want to kind of just hear from you and um, some of your classmates about what it's like being young, black, gifted, and educated in college or not getting educated. You know, so what's really going on? So tell us about your uh, White House experience. That's your most recent 
experience, Mr. KD. So what was that about? How did you get invited? And what was it like? And who did you meet? And what did you learn? So I got invited through my mentorship program that I was a part of in the fifth grade called U.S. Dream Academy. And so through that program, once I finished it out, I became an alumni. And ever since then, they just loved my story and how I persevered and had the grit, determination, and resilience. And so I was selected to go to, to go. I was selected to reach higher to go to um the first ladies beat the odds summit that she held at the White House July 21st through the 23rd, which it was actually on the 23rd, but the two days in Washington D.C. I got to tour D.C. and see um the MLK Memorial. And so that was that was a great experience to have. And then wow. on the day of the <laughs> I got to meet the oh. first lady, um, Secretary of Education, Ernie Duckett. Oh, great. Wow. Yeah, so it was it was it was, it was phenomenal. I'm wow. sure. I'm sure so you were at the White House and um <laughs> what was it like going through the gates and seeing all the guards and seeing the, the paintings on the wall, what was that experience like for you? Did, did oh, you just man. feel like, wow, I'm here at this historic building? Yes, I was like, I cannot believe this. <laughs> I was actually inside of the White House. I mean, it was it was much larger than what I it, 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 than it looked on the outside. It's just it's huge. And then they have oh. all of the paintings. As soon as you walk in, they have the, the pictures of the Obamas on the wall. <laughs> mm. I was like, look at this. <laughs> so it was, mm. it was nice. You know, they painted was right next to JFK painting, you know, with his family clearing ah. and, and everything. And I'm like, ah. oh, <laughs> So, so when you, when you put us there, when you, when you, when you walked in and you walked up to the little walkway up to the, up to the entrance. Okay. So, is the door already open or did someone fling the door open for you and then they say welcome? I mean, when you first walk up to the door, what happens? Is it already open or what? Put me there. They, were, they have someone holding the door already. And so okay. I had my luggage in my hand and when I walked in, security directed me and then they had like this little little corner where it's like, I don't know, it's like a little closet, but it was someone standing there behind the door. And it was like, mm. can I take your bag? And so, yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gave them my bag. And yeah. then they took it. They gave me a number. They said, go enjoy yourself. <laughs> and so uh, I got the information, walked up uh, some more steps, and then walked down this long hallway. And then he had the uh, pictures of the Obamas, you know, their first Christmas, their second Christmas uh, there at the White House. White uh, House. Oh. And it was, it was so nice. Oh. And then after that, we went into 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 the East Wing where they had all of the food and little croissants and food I I just never seen before. <laughs> it was whoa, so whoa, whoa! Did, did they have the the chef and the and the service there, or just the food was just laid out for you? The food was laid out, and they had the um all of the butlers was there standing there, you know, behind the table. And how many butlers they have? And, Oh, it was a lot, a lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah, really? Yes. Wow. Real crisp, like, like real crisp, like, 
You know, yes, like they like they've they, been they practicing. On, yes, they had on their gloves, their white gloves, and they their little suits was um ironed and <laughs> washed <laughs> down. Wow. The people in the military, they was dressed up as well in their uniforms, the Navy, the Air Force. Oh, who spoke at the uh, luncheon, Mr. KD? Um, the, first lady, the first lady spoke, of course, mm-hmm. and Wale spoke, spoke the, um, the um, hip-hop artist and oh. Secretary of Education, Ernie oh. Duncan. Hmm. Okay. Oh, that was that was. What did you get out of their uh, speeches? Well, oh, what was the takeaway for you? Well, what was the takeaway for me was um when the first lady when she was speaking, she was talking about how she was at went to Ivy League college, and how everyone thought you know she wouldn't make it. Like, what, what, what do you think you're doing going going to Ivy League college? Everyone was criticizing her and stuff like that, and she was like, she told me straight, like, you know, I don't care what you think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about who, what you thinking. And then mm-hmm. she was like, like, it's even then, you know, when she was there in college, she was seeing all of the, all of the distractions that was there, you know, her friends, they, they were going to parties and stuff like that, and she was like, no, I'm going to get this work done. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get okay. this work done here because that part is not is not gonna get me to where I want to be. Mm. Well, she was, so, she stated that she was pretty pretty focused. Yeah, on, she said uh, she she was pretty focused. You know, she said she did make some mistakes. You know, it was hard. It wasn't easy. You know, going through Ivy League mm-hmm. and having to come up with the money and stuff like that. But she persevered and stuff. She said she never gave up, and that that's what I really took out of that. And then, you know, she met Mr. President. <laughs> and then, you know, she said that really, that really even pushed him further because, you know, he was at Harvard. She's like, look, my, my husband's at Harvard. <laughs> he was the first African American to, um, to, um, to, I know, and they, to pass a law, law exam or something like that. I think he was the first African American, uh, over the Harvard review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably something else, and I can't recall right. right now. But I know that was one of the first, I believe. Mm, yeah, that was that was one of the first. He was mm-hmm. the first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so you saw uh, Wally. So what did Wally have to say? You know, what song does Wally sing? I, I I know his name, and I know he's like a pretty cool artist, but I'm not too familiar with. Uh, I, I probably would be familiar if I heard a song, but just tell tell me the title of one of his songs. Um, I don't even know myself. Really, I don't know. Because I don't, I, mean, don't even, I don't even listen to him like that. Oh, okay, okay, mm. but you do know about him, so you knew who this wild yeah. person. Okay, mm. yeah, I, I know his name, but like you, I mean, I I couldn't tell you. A song that the brother sings. I, I I just don't know. Hey, um, are you in um the uh panel where you can see the phone number, Kendall? Yes, ma'am. Because I'm not sure if uh maybe Chantel or Dre have called in as of yet. Yes, Chantel has called in. Okay, did you unmute her? Yes, she's unmute. Hello. Are you on the line? Hi. Hey. 
Welcome in, Miss Lady. How's it going? Everything's going well. Great. How's your family? How's your mom? You missing your family? Well, you're still in um, the same city, though, pretty much. So, you're you're attending Texas Southern University. How is that going? It's going well. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I did my first actually. Um, I today was the last day. Um, I was I made the decision to actually join SGA. So, um, before you can join, you have to campaign. So, um, I was doing that. I got involved with that. I did some amazing network with some freshmen. I got to know some new people on campus. Um, I got to get some more information. Unfortunately, I didn't win for the position that I was running for, but I got a better experience out of it than I could have ever imagined because now a lot of people know me on campus and they, and exactly. I've met a whole, I've met a whole a whole spectrum of people that I did not know existed on Texas Southern um, University campus. So I'm real I'm real fortunate for the experience. Even though I didn't get the end result, I got a better result in my opinion. Well, that's great. Good. Now, okay, that student government association. Yes, ma'am. I was going out for freshman senator, and um, I, I was running for freshman senator, so I didn't unfortunately I didn't get the position. Um, I commend the two people that actually do um have it. I believe they're going to come up with some amazing ideas for us as freshmen. So I'm really looking forward to see how the year progresses with them being in freshman senator in the in the seat. So I'm excited to see how how the year continues. So it's pretty cool. It yeah, was fun it to get in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's the experience in and of itself that yes. gives, gives you the, the teaching experience or, or what you really need to know to uh, continue being successful in life. I mean, and any time you campaign for any type of position, that garners you a, a whole wealth of experience that you can take on throughout the rest of your life, your career, all of that. So th I commend you for that because a lot of people won't even take that step for whatever reason. But, I mean, just yeah. put yourself out there like that and have to run for any position and campaign for it, um, you deserve applause for that. So good for you, Chantel. I'm so proud to hear that. I'm, that's yeah, great. that's wonderful. That's and actually, actually, Chantel, sometimes people uh, intentionally run for a position Knowing that um, the, the the percentage of them uh, winning may not be in their favor, but the exposure and the experience sets them up for the next time. Absolutely. Yes, that's what. Um that's what um that's exactly what I told my um friends and everybody. I was like, I know what to do now and I know what not to do. And the people that I've associated with, I've made like even in the SGA of right now, like they know who I am, like the upper classes of SGA. So you know, and they know my work and they know my work ethic. So they're um mm -hmm. they were really um so I'm excited, you know. So I've made commu I've made connections with them already, and I'm excited to be a part of um they're being a part just for the moment of being a part of the SGA community for a minute. And, um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I love, I, the experience was amazing for me. Um, I got to meet, um, I got to meet a whole nother side of the three of just about 3000, 3000 freshmen on campus. Um, I got to shake hands with some people wow. that I didn't know. 
Um, I got to hear amazing stories from freshmen that I never, you know, I like I got to for a week for this week, I got to walk into like just about everyone's shoes on the on Texas Southern campus. I got to hear stories and what I can do. And it got me thinking like, you know, going to college, you can't think when you want when you want to do something, you can't think of it as when you want to do something a part of the college. You have to, you have to think as the college for as a community. You can't think of it as benefiting yourself. And I definitely learned that with campaigning, like anything you go into in college, whether it's networking with the individual or whether it's just in, in general going to find information out, think of the other people on the campus and how you can benefit them as well. So, I mean, like I said, it was, it was a very, it was, it was a very amazing experience for me. I enjoyed it. Um, I would do it all over again next year. I would, I mean, I'll step my game up a little bit more and advocate a little bit more, make a little bit more posters. And certain things you can do just to stand out a little bit more, and I definitely would put that in consideration. But I, it, nothing stopped me from not trying again next year. You know, I'm just a freshman, I'm, and I already got my feet in the, you know, it was just stepping my feet in the water, and now I'm ready to swim. So I'm excited. Yes, indeed. Yes. You've got leaps and bounds in just such a short period of time. <laughs> I know. Yeah, all the contacts you've made. Yeah, yeah. Two, a few weeks on campus, and she's already running for like SBA. So yeah. that's what we, what we want to hear more about, like your experiences. Like, what are you guys looking into in terms of like organizations that you will join? So tonight, everyone, we are talking about college life. Young, gifted, and black. Our college students catching up with us giving us a little bit of that time. You know a college student's time is quite precious. So first let me say I want to thank Mr. KD and Ms. Chantel for joining us. Thank you callers and listeners because we know that you could be doing anything else but sitting here listening to us ramble. So thank you so very much. And we just want to hear from them, catch up with them, um, hear about classes, people that you're meeting, organizations, and associations that you're considering, um, the type of people you are meeting, your professors, what you're feeling, what you're not feeling, roommates. And I, I do have this video there. Let me see. I think that I want to play this video um, that I found on YouTube. It's um, 10 Helpful Tips for College. And so this young girl has this video. Um, I think she's a freshman. Um, but I thought she had some really good tips on this video. I think she's like finished, she finished up her freshman semester, so she's giving these, um, tips. And I found some of these tips to be quite helpful. When I started school in 1989, there was no such thing as YouTube, but so we couldn't go on to YouTube and try to figure out what to do. Some of our parents may or may not have been to college or another family member, so some of us didn't have anyone to Give you some tips. So we'll just check out this little quick video here on some tips, and then maybe we'll have Dre. Um, Mr. KD, what about Dre? Dre coming in with us tonight because we're going to play some of his music too. Yeah, he's supposed to. He said he's handling something right now. Okay, well, we know Dre's an artist, and you know how those artists are. you got to keep in mind <laughs> yeah. the artist. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> We understand that. So um, let me just play this video and then we'll come back in a moment. Hey guys. 
guys, it's Lauren. So in today's video, I'm going to be talking about 10 tips for surviving your first year in college. Um, these are tips for incoming freshmen, but if you haven't been having such a good time in college so far, this can definitely help you no matter where you are in your class ranking or standing, whatever. So I've been in college for a few years now, and I'm a senior this year, and I'm so happy I'll be graduating in May. And these are some things that I've really noticed have helped me and helped my friends and just things that I've noticed over the years that are really important when it comes to college. The first tip that I have is to make friends. And this is so important. Do not go to college and isolate yourself and stay in your room and stay on your computer looking at old high school photos on Facebook. No, it is time for you to make friends right away as soon as you get there. During your orientation, exchange numbers or exchange Facebook pages with the people that you are grouped with in orientation your roommate, your classmates, um, your suite mates if you live in like a suite like I did. Even when you're just around the campus in the cafeteria, draw up conversations and people that you would like to be friends with or whoever, especially if you went away to college like I did, you're going to be there and you're going to feel like you're alone. You're going to feel like you don't know anyone. As soon as my parents left, I started to cry because I was so upset. I was like, oh my gosh, it really hit me that there was no one around, like I didn't know anyone. So make friends, that is so important. The next tip that I have is to be nice and to be respectful to your roommate. One of the most bizarre things in college is living with someone that you've never met in your entire life. All of a sudden you're thrown with this complete stranger and you're supposed to live, eat, and breathe, and go to the bathroom. <laughs> in the same uh, vicinity as this person. It's really important that you build a healthy relationship with your roommate. I personally did not know this, and I had a very, very bad relationship with my first roommate. We didn't get along at all, but that was because we were just doing all the wrong things. Keep the space in your room tidy so that it doesn't, you know, leak over into her space or his space. Um, make sure that you throw out all your food. Don't leave food in there. Don't leave anything that smells in there. I mean, I had a roommate one time who threw up and left it in the sink and did not even wash it down. You know what I mean? So obviously that's something that would cause a problem because you're like, dude, I don't want you smelling your vomit. Every now and then, um, tidy up the common area. Tidy up the bathroom. Um, bring her a pastry that you know she loves if you're in the cafeteria one day. Um, just do little things, random acts of kindness, just to keep the peace because you are living with this person and... You know, just because, you know. Also, if you have an issue that you want to bring up to your roommate about, you know, guests or whatever, do not leave a sticky note or a note for them. Talk to them in person about it. Next thing you know, you leave a note and then you leave and then you come back and then you have to be like, yeah, so did you see my note? It's so awkward, and it just starts this silent war between the two of you. Just be adult about it, and as hard as it might be, just go up and talk to her or him about whatever it is that's on your mind. Trust me, it'll save you a lot of weirdness. Okay, the next tip that I have is to get your work done and keep your focus on school. Your parents or you or whoever is paying a lot of money for you to be there, so it's definitely important for you to um, pay attention to your studies. Now, Make sure you find a place that you like to study. There are tons of places on campus, on pretty much every college campus where you can study. There's the library, and then there's these little areas where you can sit. Another great thing is to do work with your friends. Me and my friends always had tons of work to do, so we would just get together on Sunday night, and we would get together in one of the common areas and just be there doing our homework. And it's not distracting unless you let it be, um, but 
it's really good because they keep you awake and just having other people, you know, burning the midnight oil with you is a really good thing. Always, always become friends with your classmates. Ask them questions about things, exchange numbers, exchange Facebook pages, emails, whatever. Stay in touch with your classmates so that if ever you have a question about an assignment, chances are they're going to know something that you might have missed and you'll know something that they might have missed. So it's really important. If it's necessary for you to stay in one Friday night because you know you have this huge test to study for, that's okay. Go ahead and do it. There's definitely going to be another person there in the library studying with you. Trust me. The next tip that I have that is so very important is to get involved. As soon as you get to the campus, go through the catalogs of the different organizations and clubs and activities that they have and see what interests you and go ahead and do it. Get involved. Get involved. It's so important because you'll meet tons of people that you can network with and just build connections with. There are religious groups, entertainment groups, philanthropic groups. There is something for everyone in most colleges. So make sure you go ahead and get involved. I myself was on a dance team actually. Um, and I also did a program called JUMP, which was for um, inner city youth and just exposing them to a college experience. So I did a lot at the school and it was, it's amazing. I got to have fun, but then I also got to help other people just by joining a club. So make sure you go ahead and get involved. The next tip that I have is to become friends with your professor. Now, the weirdest thing when I got to college was the fact that I was actually talking to my teacher. That was so weird to me because in high school, it's totally not like that at all. So, But in college, you actually have that freedom to contact your professor and talk to them personally. So what you do, go to their office hours, talk to them after class, make sure they know your name. If ever you get sick or whatever, there will be a lot more understanding to a person they know than to a student who just comes in and leaves and they don't know at all. Go after class and ask them questions, go to their office hours, ask them if they need any help and the best thing ever, if they ever ask for a volunteer to do something, whatever it is, your hand should be the first one to shoot up. A lot of times on the first day of school, they're going to ask, okay, who wants to go first in introducing themselves or whatever. Your hand should shoot up. I'm telling you, you will make a great impression at the first moment of that class. I'm telling you, this is how I get ahead in my classes. <laughs> I make sure that I am the first one to do everything. Like, if ever there's a an opportunity to volunteer, I do it. And that's important. And trust me, you'll see why. My next tip is to go out with your friends. Now you guys are probably like, whoa, what kind of bad advice are you giving me? <laughs> but um, it's really important, especially, you know, when you get so stressed with schoolwork, to go out and just have a good time. Go out to dinner, go out to the movies. Me and my friends did all types of things. You're actually going to have your own place. So you can even have little nights, like we used to have little, like, movie nights where we would like cook for each other and bake and stuff like that. It used to be so fun. And of course there are parties and things like that. And I'm going to have another video on going out in college and how to do that safely. I can't mention this without saying, don't you dare get into a car with someone who's been drinking or, or someone who's been doing anything. Like spend a few extra dollars and get in a cab because a lot of people I know have learned that the hard way. But no matter what, guys, like, go out and have a good time with your friends. Enjoy the experience. This is a new time in your life, and as a college student, you experience a lot of things that high school students can't do. 
So definitely go out and enjoy yourself and have a good time. My seventh tip is to go to bed early. Now, I don't mean to sound like your mom, but I've had countless all-nighters studying, doing projects up with my classmates, trying to figure out a question, you know what I mean? So it's important that when you are able to get the rest, that you go and get that rest. My number eight tip is especially for college freshmen, um, and that is to avoid Friday classes. If you can avoid having a class on Friday, then avoid it because you will love having the extended weekend. Monday or Friday, either end would be great um, because you can go early when you have to go home for the weekends. I have yet to have a front no, online. I have had one Friday class, and I've avoided Fridays by having to stay later other days or having to have a longer class on another day, but it's always been worth it because as soon as my class is over on Thursday, I'm free for the next three days, you know? Only if you can, I'm not saying like don't take a class because it's on a Friday, but if there's an option to not have it on a Friday, take that option, even if it's going to cost you a little bit more time on another day, because Fridays have always been my day to catch up on studying, do all those essays, projects, and things that I have to do, and just another day where I can sleep in and not have to wake up really early. The next tip is also really important. Number nine is to stay in touch with your friends and family at home. A lot of times, once we get to college, we let our relationships um, flip at home. All the friends that we had in high school that we swore at graduation we would keep in touch with and how much we love them and everything like that. Then we get to college, we get new friends, we get a new schedule, we have a whole new life and we forget about the one we have at home. But remember that you're going to be returning to that life and you're going to be returning to those people. So when your parents call you, don't get angry, don't get mad, don't be annoyed. Tell them that you miss them and that you love them and make sure you keep in touch with everyone at home. They will be really happy that you did and you'll be happy that you did too. And my last and final tip is to save your money. You are going to know what everyone's talking about when they say I'm a poor college student. <laughs> it's crazy because even when your parents give you money, you're like, two days later it's gone and you don't even know what happened. You're living on your own now. Little things like Advil and juice and water and little things that you never had to spend money on, you're going to have to be responsible for yourself now. And every little thing that you have, you're going to have to spend money on it. So make sure you save your money. Don't go shopping all the time for outfits to wear to a party. Like, please. And I swear she saw my soul This word is too cold I just wanna grow old Have kids with these too many mothers Bury their sons But just no Hugging things don't happen Under the sun It's universal Speak positive to my fears You see nothing but negative years And sharing their tears But just remember that There's another side Where we go Where we die firm Help multiply smiles And cries behind No access to emotions We got moves and downs Like the waves in the ocean And potions of love God speaks to my spirit Please forget your child For being so explicit I'm just mad the world That's my way to it they don't understand when I'm screaming my confession. I want people to learn from my sins and others so we can stop killing but joining arms and brothers the problem. Face the imperfections only you are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com.
Okay, and we are back with our young, gifted, and black college students talking to us about their first few weeks of college. And now, on that video, she gave out some tips. I want to hear what you guys think about some of the tips. Now, I know one thing she said about avoiding Friday classes. My last semester of class, my first three years, my last semester of classes, I believe I was telling Mr. KD this, I had my schedule set up so sweetly, baby. I only had classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if I wanted to go home on the weekend, I could leave out Thursday evening or Friday morning and still have an entire weekend, including Monday, to just do what I wanted to do. And also, uh, friends with your professors, I cannot stress that enough. Um, my first three years, I was not thinking about trying to talk to any of my professors at all. I was trying to get the hell away from them as quickly as possible. But I did learn that when I went back to school, that was like my goal. And I don't know if it was because I was older. A lot of my professors were about the same age that I was at the time. So I don't know if it was like I felt like these were my peers or what. How do you guys feel like Mr. KD and Chantel and your classmates? Do you feel like you can go into your professor's office and sit down and speak with them um, on classwork as, as well as just campus life or things going on in your life? How is that working out for you? Well, it's working out all right. You know, I like my classes, especially my intro to sociology. Um, all the rest of my my classes are pretty small. I think at most I have like forty people in my class. That's it. <laughs> and so we we get that one on one with the with the professor, and and we can easily talk to the professor after class if we need to. Uh -huh. And. Mm -hmm. uh, my English professor is the only tough professor that I have. He's like the class professor. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, old school. You late, you gotta go. All other professors, they don't care if you late, except for my algebra. My, and my, I say my English and my algebra mm -hmm. teacher, they are the hardest. Okay, your algebra and your English. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I, find a way to break them. Yeah. Yeah, find sometimes a way to break, break them. Ease up, ease, them, ease them down a little bit and, you know, uh, win them over. Or sometimes, mm -hmm. hey, you just get your stuff out of that class with an A and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. You know, so just mm -hmm. do it like that. What about you, Miss Chantel? Um, I found out for me, um, my professors, all of my professors are generally, um, generally, um, cool. Um, um, actually this week, like, um, I think was it Thursday, I actually got switched to a new English professor, um, class because we had, um, because we had some kids in too many classes. So they did like, um, they did a worldwide, um, uh, well, a world campus, um, um, switch on campus so everybody like some people got classes they got their schedules completely changed not um having to act for it and so i was one of those people that fell into that category and um i got a new english professor friday so that was kind of i was kind of spooked by it because at first um um and my in my old english class we had we were starting a little bit behind and when i was switched to the um new english class 
He had already had things pulled up on my blackboard. I was so lost. I started panicking. I didn't know what to do. Like, it was a pop-up thing that said quiz on Thursday. I was like, I just got the memo that I have for a new class. So, like, I ran wow. to, like, the MLK building. I ran to the MLK building for the the English department building. And I was just like, can I, where, has, have y'all seen um, Professor Harris? I'm looking for him. I just changed his class. He wasn't there. I emailed him. I called him. He, I, like, I couldn't not get in touch with this man to save my life like I waited an hour in his office before he can come it was just wow. really hectic for me and it was I was freaking out because it's like and then I saw like 12 years of slave like they were reading the book I just felt so I was like I can't like this is you know I'm doing so I've been doing so well and now I'm getting ready to be so behind and I was just started freaking I was like mom I don't know what to do I was campaigning at the same time so I was so and for Friday so today was my first day actually going into the class and not having any communication with the professor prior before the class and I went in he was um he was real come to find out he was real um, he was real, um, he was real laid back. He was real cool. He, um, he understood that they did do a campus, um, class change and he was comfortable with that. He brought me up to speed. He liked how I came to class pre-prepared. Like I already had printed out the syllabus. I printed out some of the notes that he had already posted on Blackboard because I didn't know all what I needed. So I just like started printing out everything that I saw. And so yeah. he loved how I came. Um, he loved how I came prepared. The only thing is I didn't know what chapter that they had to read on 12 Years of Slave. I didn't know what exactly they were doing with that kind of content. So now that I've been to the class, I know that I have to, um, when I come for Monday's class, I know that I need to be up to par on Chapter 5. So this weekend I'll be reading 12 Years of Slave for Chapter 5. And he completely understood. He was completely laid back. And he said, yeah, I got all of your te- – I got your um your email – People told me you were waiting in your in waiting in my office for an hour. Like he got yeah. it. He was just like, you know, it was just a twenty four hour um break. But he's real cool. So um I was real happy for that because I was kind of scared because no one had him. None of the friends that I knew, I was the only one that had that professor. And I was like, do you wow. have Harris? Do you have Harris? And they were like, no, we don't have Harris. I was like, oh my god, who is this man? <laughs> So that was, um, that was real. I think out of like my whole like starting college thing, I think that was like the most thing that actually really turned me for the worst because everything I was doing real good on, I was moving on track with. I was like finding my cracks. Like if I knew I was messing up here, like I knew in geology that I was falling behind because I couldn't keep up with the note taking. So what I would do, so what I did was I emailed the TA and me and her now have a schedule where I can meet with her before the class so we can catch up on the chapter and then I have a tutor for all for I went and I got a a personal tutor on campus so and then also my professor is accessible he's very available for when you need him or his TA is all you have to do is email them so a lot of my professors they um they actually, um, I, I was really freaked out about this at Texas Southern University. They love it when you're in their face and you're hands on at Texas Southern, believe it or not. They love it when you're, um, you're asking them questions. You know, they, hey, a lot of my professors say, if you're having, you know, if you guys are not going to participate in the class discussion, I'm just going to give you guys work. And, you know, so when we, when I heard that, I was like, okay, I'm raising my hand up every five minutes. Cause I, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's the right answer or the wrong answer. So that's right, right. 
that's what I was really excited about because I was like, all we have to do is really like a lot of people. All they want you to do is read the chapter and let's have a let's have a, a um a mature conversation about the chapter. And I was yeah. so happy to find that out in my classes. You know, most a lot of a lot of my friends they have this to do, they have that to do. A lot of my professors on campus they just want to have a conversation where they want to be able to talk to you. And they real if they realize that you don't know the content, that's when they overload us with work. So I've been real fortunate so far. Texas Southern University, and I'm really happy. Well, it sounds Wonderful. like you're having a great experience because in, in mm-hmm. you you just said the key to it: read the chapters, be able to have an intelligent discussion on it, even if you just Hi. you know kind of go online and read a summary, well, which which is very helpful. Usually, whatever type of book it is or something like that, you can always find like a summary or cliff notes or something. Which, which is not like cheating. You actually should read the book and also read the summary because the summary can give you sometimes a better understanding or, or give you some more insight to whatever some different points are that you maybe some things that you maybe didn't even pick out in the whole reading. And so you, you can bring that out and then the, the professor will also know that you took the extra step to try to read the summary or narrative and gain a better understanding. And, and like you said, they know. They know if you've read it or not. It's just like if you're speaking to someone and you know when they just BSing you versus if they're being truthful and honest and, and really speaking from uh, a standpoint of knowing something. So it's the same thing with the professors. And so that's very good. You have it. That's the key. Go in there and talk. And I think like even with you, Mr. Kendale, a lot of the classes that you that you'll take, like communications or sociology, it's going to be more based on like your thinking and, and like um, comparative analysis or, or you know giving some type of analysis on something. So you have to be able to understand uh, what you're reading and your reading comprehension and just being able to talk about it and communicate it back because that's what they want. Teachers don't want to have to go home and grade papers and all of that. Professors don't. They don't want to do all of that stuff. They just want to maybe read a paper, grade you on that paper, and be done with it. You know, that's enough for them to have to do. They have to sit down and go through some grading and scantrons and all of that craziness. Mm-mm. No, so good. Just talk to them. Let them know you know what 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 you read and you're good to go and you're ready to do something else and volunteer, just like the young lady spoke about. So, what about studying with friends? Do either one of you think that that's a good idea to study with friends? I can't study with friends, so I don't, I don't I, know something you can. I know for me, I um the only way that I've been able to be, uh, I know for me going into college, and I feel, I found that out now because in co- in high school I was able to study with my friends and do stuff, but for me, I guess because it's a little bit different content and way that because it's a lecture class. Um, so it's a little bit different. So I need someone, I need someone of a, like a higher part, like a higher, that's not on the same level as me. And like, I have some smart friends, but you know, I need someone that actually knows the content, like the professor. So for me, I know the only way I, that's why I seeked out tutors. I knew like some of my friends are really good in certain classes, but I need someone that can actually help me that knows some, that knows the math in and out like the professor. So I prefer for me when I study and I, um, I, I usually get a TA or we have a studying center and you can see when the tutors are available at certain times for certain subjects and you can go in and meet with the tutor. 
So that's what I found works for me. I actually have to have a tutor to help me break it down. I can't study with my friends on the same level because I, I want to be able to, you know, comprehend it in different ways. So I feel for me it's better to work with someone a higher Yeah, yeah. 
November we're actually going to be having the we're going to actually be having Macbeth in the um for a play so that's coming up in November if you guys are interested and I can send you guys out an email for that we're we're I'm excited to go. Of course, that's my lesson. 
you know, but I, I too, I mean, outgoing as I am now, believe it or not, I was never one of those people that was always in this group and in that group. I was a majorette up until what, 10th grade or whatever, something like that, but. 10th grade. Was it 10th grade? 9th grade. Yeah. 9th grade. 9th okay. grade. I think ninth grade. Oh, honey, you know when I got to Hamilton, I really didn't have time for that stuff. <laughs> and I had a boyfriend, and I thought I was cute. No way. I really didn't have time for any of those types of activities. Nothing like that. I was spending time with my friends. But um, anyway, so Katie, what else do you guys have that you want to share with us tonight? It'll take a break in about five minutes. Um... What else? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know this is something that we, we talked about earlier. Um, what was it like going into that first um, college classroom? Did you feel different? Or was it, you know, just like normal? Did you feel anything? Or like, I don't know, Chantel has been there over the summer, so she had her experience. So it wasn't like anything new to her side and I just the like for Andre, you started like a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks ago and K D about two weeks ago or something. So what yeah. was that like that first day? That I can't, I don't know what it was like for me, but what was it like for you guys? The first day was it was it was a normal. <laughs> it was okay, you know, I was quiet and you know, to myself and you know Mm-hmm. But, but it was smooth for the most part. Yeah, I was trying to get him on the night, but uh, he, he not he, he not here. <laughs> okay. 
what it is but I'm going to hang up and hang and call back in and maybe that'll clear it up but it's just the the sound quality is terrible it, it sounds like a mechanical voice and I want to see if I can resolve that so just want to let the listeners know that uh, we're going to take a short break and stay tuned we'll be right back okay thanks alright Say the black of the best, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I get my sisters and my sisters all the best. I can't if don't nobody else can. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. So please don't cry, dry eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe. And if you can't learn to love, you should leave. Cause sister, you don't need And I ain't trying to catch up I just call them how I sleep You know what makes me yearn to ask that My brothers make me And leave a young mother to be a cat And since we all came from a woman Got a name from a woman And I came from a woman I wonder why we take from my women Why we break our women Do we take our women I think it's time to kill for our women Time to heal our women Be real to our women and if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. Oh, yeah. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when it's weird to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies. Keep your head This is Brother Elliot. First of time for an awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. 
All right, and we are back here on our college life night talking to our youngest and advanced college students. I'm hearing my echo, and it's so annoying. So I'll tell you what, since we just finished listening to one of my favorite artists, um, Tupac, let me play this um, speech that I came with. It's not a, it's a, just a collection of... Uh, a verse that Tupac put together. He's just speaking naturally. It's an inspirational um, YouTube video. And it's called <laughs> Tupac Speaking Inspirational Words or something like that. Oh, uh, Sister Black like Rose, let me let me see if I can resolve the issue. If you're hearing echoing, um, if anybody, when you have a whole lot of it different... Went out. Okay, but what yeah, happens... It went out now, uh-huh. Okay, but if anybody has us on speakerphone or anything like that, please take us off speakerphone. Uh, that can cause some reverb and, you know, just put it on regular, um, how you regularly use a phone, but not speakerphone. That can cause uh, feedback and problems. All right, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Please continue. No problem. No problem. Thank you so much. So I want to share this quick video with Tupac. And it's a very inspirational uh, very inspirational video about the situation. That's what it's called, inspirational words. So let me just play this and we'll jump right back into our topic. You know how I love Tupac and his death anniversary is coming up. Um, I believe September 16th. <laughs> When you're born, usually you're born for a dynasty or empire. Born like as a junior or, you know, following in your father's footsteps. You always say, oh, your father, you did this. Oh, your father, your grandfather, you did this. And we got this family heirloom. It's none of that. And, and I was just going to call it. I let out. There's no nothing. You don't get any family heirloom, family crest, all that stuff that you think is so important with me. I feel as though I'm cheating because instead of me feeling my brother, instead of me, you know, pulling a clear child and carrying on the empire, I feel that's how it's a job for 21 years. You know what I'm saying? That's how it's a job for any young male or female to have to build it. Especially when the eyes have to you have to let somebody else And then that's when you got to be your own karma. 
is too much money here. I mean, nobody should be getting lied over $36 million and not even That is not how I feel this week. There's no way that these people should own planes and everything that don't have houses, apartments, shacks, drawers, and I know you think, I know you got to put a billion dollars into one house. You only need one. And if you only got two kids, can you just keep it to two rooms? I mean, why have 52 rooms and you notice somebody with no room? It just don't make sense. And then you can tell them Christmas, they have to be huge trees, all little trees. Everybody got to It's a matter of either you stay like this or somebody sacrifice. Somebody made a track, so you can escape. Like you imagine a situation where dead and sucked. You can pay for a long time, but one day, you will surely stop to your phone. Don't support the phone. Support the bread. You know what I mean? How can these people be talking about how they so real and they don't care about our community? How can they be talking about what they all listen to, all the hood, they don't care about our community? You know what I mean? Listen to the words that people say that they live. And tell me if that's the real shit, if that's real to you. You know what I mean? Listen to what they're saying. Don't just buy dad to the beat. Keep the game. And listen to what I'm saying. Hold us accountable for it. If we would look at TV, you know, we're looking at rappers and not picking up what America thinks that, that black people are stupid. We just look at TV. Kids look at TV and hear the rappers going, fuck bitch, bitch, and that's all they picked up. That's bullshit. We're not picking that. That's not what we shoot for. That's not what we're going to for. That's not what we're getting at. We're not, that's not, um, we're not, 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 we are but they don't want to do that. They want to pimp our community and, and portray the image that they know we all can't survive the nation. And that's what I thought. Somebody else grow up and I think out, that's just how it's supposed to be. That's fake. I don't got no problem with that. Uh, I don't got no problem with the life of OMG. I wish everybody was successful. Uh, all this money that we make in the street, we should bring it back and turn it back. We need to have a lot of money. You need to have league, you know, some of the football teams, basketball teams. We need to start taking care of our own. That's how it can be possible. It can be possible to start, you know, um, sending the young kids to school, sending the young kids to college. You know, let them come back and feel something. Um, and I would tell, you know, anybody who listens to me that, you know, you got to start keeping your hands. Keeping the game, the game is the game. Like that's something how they do it. If you see it, you can see the new signs that says that the guns are turning away from 
you know, Europe and Russia and Iran and Iraq and turning to us. When I say American, people think I'm talking about Uncle Sam. I mean, like, actually, Uncle Sam right here in the flag. I mean, you, 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 guys, you, the mechanic, whatever, you. I mean, you need to do something. You need to check yourself. And that was one of my personal favorites, Tupac Amaru Shakur. His death anniversary is coming up September 13th, 1996. And for my generation, we remember exactly what we were doing when Tupac, when it was announced that Tupac had been shot and killed, just like other generations know what they were doing when Dr. King was killed or Malcolm. So, anyway, what I like about that video is the fact that he ends with saying, um, you need to do something. And so, um, well, I like that part and also like the part, of course, about him speaking about people um, winning the lottery or people having enough money and enough wealth to buy um, a home with 52 rooms when some people are homeless. But so I want to hear from um, our distinguished people young kids and black students, how do you plan on using your art, your skill, your talent to uplift, empower, and give back to the community? I want to hear from Dre first, because Dre is a musical artist, and a lot of people can say it's very, uh, uh, it may be easy, but then again, some people don't take that route because it is difficult, it can be difficult for some artists to really use their art and talent to bring about social awareness. But like hip-hop, that's how hip-hop started. Hip-hop started as an art form of speaking about the social conditions in the community. I mean, one of the uh, early hip popular hip-hop uh, songs was uh, the message. Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the porch or something like they just don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when I took African-American literature, that the lyrics to that song was a part of our reading because it, it dealt with uh, literature, poetry, art, speaking about right. what's going on, what you see. And I'm going to maybe tonight I'll play um, this piece by Nina Simone, and Nina, Nina Simone was a gifted pianist. Um, she went to Juilliard for a year in uh, one of the best music schools. And so Nina Simone, she spoke about how it's our duty, like Paul Robinson. Exhibited, exhibited as an artist, it's, it's your duty through through music or through your artwork, through, through painting, through speaking, through poetry. It's your duty as a black person to speak about the conditions. So I want to make sure y'all stay on target, you know, and always know who you are and where you come from. So that whatever you do, if it's a banker, 
you still keep in mind and keep in focus the community and the people and how you plan on giving back. So, Andre, as an artist, as a musical artist, how do you, how do you plan on delivering? Well, um, not what well, that you brought it up and you were talking about being uh, bringing social awareness. I think I think I do that already. It's just people. It's just sometimes it has to be up to people to choose whether they want to. If they want that, like you know, if they want that same thing, it's still to know that's been instilled in me. And now I'm sharing my experiences and my you know, my thoughts on society as a whole and or in certain aspects, it's up to people to choose that. But um if we're talking monetary wise, I think I think in general everybody has a responsibility in that. Like you like it's 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 ways you can give back like, you know, in every way possible. So it's not up to, you know, the rich people to do that. I mean the poor can do the same because if you're a believer, I mean, you believe you believe in giving and not so much right. receiving. Mm-hmm. So I think that's every like that's everybody's responsibility. But as in in an artistic point of uh, in an artistic stance, like I mean, I think you should do that like you know at least through your music, or if you happen to make a different type of music because everybody doesn't have the same prerogative or everybody's not going to be the same kind of artist. But mm-hmm. if, you know, in certain instances, if like that was the case where you are making a lot of money from it, I think that should go, you know, go into actually making the community better. You know, like, mm-hmm. I just, I just think, I just think it's fair, you know, because everybody, yeah. every, like, cause like it's, it's, and it also seems like, we live in a country where they tell you that, hey, like, you have the opportunity to do this and do that with your life, but it's not guaranteed. So they sell you this idea that this is the land of opportunity, but you're not going to get it because you're in this circumstance or situation. And I think that's not fair, too. So it's always up to just pe- the, the, the common man, you know, to actually make that just, like, hey, I want to, want to help my fellow brothers. You know, I want to, I want to help my people out. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then, so, like, what if the money is absent? Like, how, how would you suggest that as an artist, people could still give back? Like, I, I would think, say, for instance, um, like my mom and I, we paint these glass bottles. Okay, and so we want to put them in the community collective museum here, just to like donate that <clears throat> that art. And we also make jewelry, so like we could offer young people like a, a painting class or a jewelry class to just teach them, and then that way, that's that's not only teaching them. Well, I would say that's teaching them how to fish, so they can go out here and make money for themselves by selling. Their jewelry and their glass painted bottles, if nothing else. So, how do we give mm-hmm. back to people and, and, and ensure that the youth will have something, like some type of way of leaving, like a small piece of legacy to the community, or giving them, how would you say that, Asha? Giving them, giving them some type of skill 
in order for them to be able to survive at least, if not thrive. Yeah, yeah. some transfer transferable skills to mm-hmm. I just think like I mean I mean of course and that's always gonna work like even if it's just the smallest thing but you know because, you know, every little thing counts. So, you know, you can't you can't measure you can't measure a good deed. You know, if I gave a you know, a homeless person, you know, food, money or whatever, I'm, I mean that's a contribution right there if you think about it. So it's not so much how much you're given, it's just are you willing to? Yeah. Yeah, it's the thought. It's the thought of giving. It's the act. The act of my own. I don't have to use my mm-hmm. But um, so what about you, Kendall, Mr. KD? Yes. In terms of giving back, now you're into sociology. Um, first of all, what 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 attracted you to that field, and how do you plan to use that? to, like, continue to help and uplift other children that have experienced their life or have a similar experience to your life, I guess you should say. So what intrigued me about sociology was, you know, being through through the difficulties that I have been through and then also taking a a course in, in sociology in high school I really loved it because it's the study of society and how humans interact with each other. Mm. And so in class, it's even more, it's like I'm, it's like I'm really engaged. So it's like, it's like, why not go with what you already know, which, which you already Mm. good at. If you good Mm. at math, why not go to college and major in math or uh, engineering? Because you know you really remember, so I already know I've been through what I've been through, and I already can compare certain things with with this line of work with sociology, and it makes sense. And like sociology helps me put the things I've been through into like the correct perspective in the in the correct term, and so it's really it's really eye opening to me, and it shows me how I can in return go back and be that sociologist where I can help. The help society be a better society. Because uh-huh. that's what sociologists do. They, they reform society and how people interact with each other. And, and, and the society goes into a culture, values, and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Ethnicity, race, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, dealing with people and the interaction. Right. and all of that business. I love it. I like anthropology also. Anthropology is my field. So I, I like more so the cultures of the people. So, um, but Chantel, and you, how do you plan on, like, as a, as a journalist or as an actress? I mean, I can see a lot of different ways that you can, like, give back to society and to the community. But are there any things that you're thinking about now or have you thought about that, or are you already involved in anything like that? Um, I know for me, um, uh, one thing that I um I learned was um in I 
at Kips at when I'm going at Kip, they got me involved with Big Brother Big Sister. And when I got involved with that, I realized how much I loved kids in terms of like watching them how they learn and watching and watching how they develop and realizing like this little like once you tell a kid or once you tell kids a certain amount of information and they trust and they confide in you, they look up to you as a person. So something that I've always been passionate about and something that I love to get involved in is most definitely working with kids. Like I worked at the um Ronald McDonald house where I got to meet some amazing kids. I love like seeing and learning from different um learning from different aspects because you learn from the little ones and I love helping them. And you know, for me coming from a person that has a different ability of looking at life in different ways, I love to, you know, show kids what I know and let them show me what they know. And you know And also, you know, getting, you know, getting the exposure. So something that I love, I would love to, when I grow older and become older and become successful, I could definitely give it back to kids and work with kids because that's what I, that's like, that's how I find my downtime, like, seeing organizations where I can work with kids, you know, just coloring, just actually, like, you know, when you meet kids, you know, when you're just coloring with them, they love that experience for five minutes. They love doing that with you because they can tell you all what they've done in, like, their whole life and what they want to do. And I just find it so miraculous how they, you know, how they can articulate at certain ages. And I love doing that. And I love working with all types of kids. I find it, fa- for me, it's fascinating. If I didn't love the camera so much, I feel like I would become a teacher. Oh. Huh? You said you can make a teacher while on camera. (laughs) You're doing so many different things, so many. So, uh, what about going out with your friends and also balancing getting your rest and making these new friends and going to these social events and parties and things like that? Because you guys are not going to just sit here and tell me that you're just going (laughs) to sit there and not go to any kind of parties. Not meet any kind of cool people that you want to go out with and hang out with and do different things. So, you know, like, what about that, like, your your social life? Like, how do you see that developing Um, as being a college student now? For me, um, I'm funny that you bring that up. Like tonight, it was a um, tonight. There's a Kappa party, for example, and I knew I had to do this. So you know, for me, one thing that I've realized with the whole social event and actually being involved in campus is like, and I was telling people when I was campaigning, like, if you're capable of doing both, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's all about time management. And how you you use your time wisely. And for me, you know, certain things is not worth it, and certain things is you know, it's like where you feel you'll be more beneficial. And I like throughout the week, I've had fun. I've partied like a rock star. I've been, you know, I've, I've been mingling with people. I've been, you know, I've been going to these social events. Last week, it was freshman week, and we had like so many parties. It was the Labor Day Classic. So for two weeks now, I've been having a blast with, you know, and I've been able to do that. So it was like, okay, this is just one party, you know? 
And like the like the girl when you um open with the video that um, in the early earlier in the show, she said you're gonna it's gonna always be a party. Like that party is not the theory because believe it or not, the same thing that's happening at the Kappa party next week is gonna be happening at the Alpha party. They just have different names. That's all it is, and that's what you have to realize, you know. And that's de- and that's the same thing. That's what I'm finding out now on college. Like it's all about balancing your time and realizing. Every party is not the party of the century. Every party is not going to kill you. You're not going. You, you're not going to die if you don't go to this party. Like you're not going to be a social outcast if you do not attend this party. Like I learned that, and you know I'm okay with not going to a party. Like I've turned down so many things on campus already. Like they call me. Like I remember in the summer program, I like the whole summer program. I did not go to not one party there was on campus it wasn't until we finished our finals i went to the very last party and everybody was like they were so shocked to see me i'm okay with tonight i'm okay i've had you know, i've had fun i know like i know what fun is and i know like you you don't have to buy everything you know once you know who you are and you know what you're trying to accomplish you're okay with missing that one party you know I'm okay right. with it because I, you know, like I said, like these two weeks, I've been having a ball on campus. But you know, it's like okay, it's the campus party. Wow, big what we do? You know, it's like it wasn't that big deal to me. So you know, because like I said, like the same thing that's happening at the campus party is going to be the same thing happening at the alpha party. They just have different. They're just different fraternities, and they're just having and they just have different names. So I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm okay, you know, I'm okay with missing one party, you know, here and there. It's like what matters most to you and like and how you can balance out your time and you know, that's how I, and what's safer. And that's one takeaway that I totally agree from the video that you pulled up earlier is realizing that you're on a college campus, you know how many you know how many different organizations are hosting parties and hosting events, like you can miss one. You know, so I think that's that's what that's for me how I'll take that's the takeaway I've gotten with the actually partying life for me. Yes, and you know what? And once you go to one or two of those parties, you start seeing the same people. You make these new people, yes. you make some new friends. But it's good to have that balance, and you know, as you stated. Don't feel like you have to go to every single party and don't let your friends pressure you into going to a party when you know that you have to study because that's what you're there for. You have so much time to party and have fun. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I do want to make sure that you guys are balancing your social life and, you know, your scholastic life, get your work, but also get a little fun in, have some fun. How's it working out for you, Mr. KD? You balancing everything. I know you said you had some like little little ton of parties in your room with your friends. Yeah, and you haven't really okay. Yeah, so like a little, and that's fun too. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, they're fun too. Just all of the parties are off campus, and you have to pay to get in, like ten, fifteen dollars. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about the on-campus party? This party said no, like. On no, they don't have no blue campus. They don't have no on campus parties here in the morning. All the parties are all campus. And it's a party every weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Party. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so now, now, you are attending Lamar University, and Chantel is attending TSU. 
HBCU, which is a um, HBCU. So the atmosphere is a little different. So let's take a quick break and then we'll stick right back up. Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Okay, so we were talking about the whole balancing of your social life and your party life with our young, gifted, and black students here. Dre is attending the University of San Antonio. What's the uh, social life on that campus uh, in comparison to like what Mr. KD is sharing with us and Chantel? I wouldn't know, honestly. <laughs> I mean, Drake, you've really been up in I, your room, huh? You've just been up in your room, just in your room, huh? <laughs> I've been working myself. <laughs> oh, you really have, like, I really have no social life. And then as far as like as far as like having a relationship with like my roommates and us like going out to do stuff, um, mm-hmm. no, not at all. Cause um, yeah, Other you pretty things. much keep to yourself. Yeah. Or you have I your really own do. like little. Okay, okay, you keep to yourself. Like I have a yeah, I, I, and already I already have like a very very small circle. Like probably just okay. Probably at the most, probably on one hand, it's like you know. Mm-hmm. That's just a that's just the type of person I am. Like, and I've like, and and the thing, and the funny thing about it is like, I've actually tried to you know get out and talk to people, but I don't know. I'm I'm a very I feel like I'm very good at you know reading personalities, and some people are just really shady. I don't know. Oh yes. Mhm. Well, that's good that you can <laughs> pretty much discern that. You know, at such an uh, early age, you know, because it takes a lot of us a long time to figure out when we got some kind of bs in our faces. But, um, you know, that's cool, too. So there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you just kind of keeping to yourself and being pretty selective about who you want in your circle. I'm very selective about who I want in my circle, but I still have, like, a lot of different people I may connect with but I don't actually like really deal with them so I I, I can kind of see where mm-hmm. you are with that so nothing wrong with that so and, and so what else what do you see yourself possibly um, getting involved in on the campus so is there anything um, maybe in the future like do you think that you could maybe start performing on campus 
Is that an idea that you may have or somewhere in San Antonio? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, like, I mean, of course, like, that's always something I consider doing or, you know, you know, if the opportunity is there, I wouldn't turn it down. But, um. Oh, wait a minute. For people that aren't familiar with Dre, Dre, give them a little bit of your background as a musician so they can kind of know what we're talking about. Well, um, my stage name is Dre Perrier. I'm in, um, I'm a hip hop, I'm a hip hop artist, um, aspiring hip hop artist. And, um, I'm a part of a hip hop collective named Eternal Presence. You know, we're like, you know, we're kind of like, it's not really just a group. We're kind of like, it's like a movement and we're trying to like give some kind of resurgence to, you know, hip hop in the sense where, you know, it one, it doesn't have to be commercialized and two, you can be independent. And, you know, and make it. So, you know, we're trying to get that whole movement on the jump. But, yeah, I mean, that, that pretty, that, like, that pretty much wraps it up as far as me just, you know, artistic standpoint. And I'm not your typical artist, you know, that you might hear on the radio. I'm really, I'm socially aware. I'm, my subject matter is a little bit different. So, yeah. Tell us about some of your subject matter and, like, what type of resurgence? Because some people may say, "What does he mean, resurgence of hip hop?" They may not know. Like, what, what do you, what, what, what Renaissance are you speaking about? What resurgence? I mean, hip hop is hip hop. Hip hop is Lil Wayne. Hip hop is, um, I don't, I don't even know who you guys have out now. But I mm. mean, uh, Rick Ross or Future. whatever. You know, hip hop is uh, okay. And so. <laughs> What is what 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 do you mean by like resurgence and and speaking about social awareness? So how are you interlacing that in your lyrics and your your music? Well, I do something called you know just reality rap. Like it's just me speaking on just just really like I mean I mean as cliche as it probably sounds, just speaking on just what's real. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of artists not really doing that because, you know, the late, you know, labels, they, um, they tell them, no, you have to be this way. You got to do this. And, you know, and of course, like, as far as his industry standards, you have to be a certain type of artist and to make, have some kind of mass appeal to sell records and make the record labels money. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, and I assure myself like that I'm an advocate of that. That's why, you know, we, promote you know be independent and make your own money don't don't be a slave basically like you know you make your own money you don't make the label money so mm. i feel like hip-hop's really just been too commercialized lately um you know of course exploited you know taken mm-hmm. advantage of and i really feel like this is a really this is an art, like, you know, it's the art form at the end of the day. Like, it's more than just a genre, you know, it's to be taken serious. And some people really don't take it serious. So when we talk about that, we just want to give out what's real. You know, we just want to put out music. Like, and it, and it actually is sonically, it, like, it sonically is like there, you know, it sounds good, you know, because there's really music out there that just, that's really distasteful and I'm just, I'm kind of sick of it. So that's why we do what mm. we do. And that's why the people, the fans we have 
they appreciate what we're doing because we're actually doing something different. Well, you know, I just really love music. I'm a big fan of, of various uh, genres, jazz being one of my favorites, uh, Miles mm-hmm. Davis, Sun Coltrane, Thelonious Monk. Um, but I also love my Marvin Gaye and Al Green, as the brothers, and I love my hip-hop, um, Tupac, people like that, um, Grandmaster mm-hmm. Flash, uh, Millie Mel, uh, uh, come on, help me out, Oz, uh, Dougie Fresh. You know, we came up on those types Slick of Rick. <laughs> the Slick Rick, you know, yeah, just Tom and all of that. Oh, and Tribe Called Quest and, and Wu-Tang, you know, we came up with hip-hop like that. The, the hip-hop, when I, when I think of hip-hop music, I think of that hip-hop kind of music that as soon as it come on, it's that beat that just make your head pop, you know, you just automatically mm-hmm. get into the groove of it it's like it because your body connects to the music especially with mm-hmm. us being black people you know the melody yeah. of it all and 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 it's the universe you know the, the universe is on a musical note and so we connect to all of that and you know that's with, with us as black people you always see us dancing I heard Dr. Francis Chris Wilson speak about how amazing it is just to watch, like say from say from like a bird's eye view, watching black people dance or, or do like a line dance, one of those line dances, to see us all on that same wavelength, which is so very important. Um, but I said all that to say this. What do you what what are some some types of songs or, or music or artists that you consider uh, like real hip hop, and then who do you consider like fake hip hop or just simply rap? Because like when we were coming up again, okay, it was hip hop, and then this whole mm-hmm. thing called rap came out, like rap with rap city and all that. We were like rap, like it's hip hop, you know, it's it's bebop yeah. and it's hip hop. You know, what is rap? You know, when is this rap? What I mean, what do you mean rap? You know, even well, though it's a rapping, but talk to us about that. And you too, Mr. KD and Chantel, you can speak on this too. I'm just asking Dre these questions because he's a musician. Well, of course, learning from the teacher himself, KRS-One. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course, you know, a lot of young people... Yeah, a lot of people don't, young people don't know about him, probably, but, you know, he, um, I remember it was Tell one Tell me one of your said. favorite songs. What are your, what are one of your favorite songs by KRS-1? Let me see what you like. No, I'm not, I'm not an actual, like, fan, like a fan, fan of KRS-1. It's just like, I mean, I know about him and I know his contributions to the hip-hop community ah, as okay. a whole. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but, um, it was one thing he, he stated, he said, um, he said, it's, of course, he was mentioning that hip-hop is more than a genre. It's a culture. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it consists of all these things like graffiti, rapping, breakdancing, beatboxing, all that is consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a, is a factor of what hip-hop is in a cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. you just have rappers that just rap. Everybody, anybody uh-huh. can rap. Everybody can be a rapper if they really put their mind to it. But uh-huh. to actually, you know, stand for something, to actually spread some kind of message, everyone can't do that. Everybody's not gifted with that uh-huh. or they're not 
everybody's not gifted, you know, with the ability to put certain words together and like be clever about it. Cause that's what it was about at first. Like before the actual, like, like, of course, the, um, the record, the message by, um, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five before that even came rapping, it was just about partying. It was about, you know, you know, the DJ uh-huh. and, you know, braggadocious yeah, type DJ. stuff and just being clever and, you know, just do it in a real creative, expressive way. You know, it was like at that time, it was like a way for people to forget the condition they were in because cause it started out in the inner city. So we all know how that life might be. So they they look for something that's like, hey, this is liberating. Like, this is something like, you know, I like to do. But then, of course, you know, you had Grandmaster Flash and Furious 5 put off that record and really give like, you know, a conscious point of view, like, hey, like we could, you know, we could also be hip hop in this way too. Like we could be conscious about it. But then of course, mm-hmm. along the way, the record labels got involved and it just, you know, it was something different from there. Mm. Then it, it became more about the dollars. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 about the dollars. Um. Well, we only have a little more time left, and I just want to hear some of um, your closing comments. And I think maybe Aja may have had something that she would like to share. Did you have something you want to share, Aja, before we close out? No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't really. I'm just enjoying um, listening to the students and how they're uh, taking their experience, their first experience in college. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I know Mr. KB has so many uh, hours that he's taking this semester. I just, oh, Lord. Yeah, honey, I, I find myself I'm more busy than many of my friends. <laughs> I am sure. I am sure. Mm-hmm. Now, you are not at an HBCU. And so do you, do you feel like uh, you're in a sea of different people? But see, Beaumont, the area that you're in, Beaumont has a high, uh, a, pre- a pretty Pretty high percentage of black people, though. So oh, yeah. Mean, yeah, a lot of black people here. Yeah, so even though it's not like technically an HBCU, you still are surrounded. Yeah. Okay, so you don't feel kind of uncomfortable there. Um, yeah, it's cool. I still see more black people than I do. Okay, yeah, okay. And for you, Miss Chantel, at um, a historic black college, so, I mean, how is it for you? Is it a culture shock? Because I know you said you went to different types of high school. So, how is it for you at TSU? Um, to be quite honest with you, at first it was a culture shock, but I I love the experience at Texas. I love the experience and the benefits of going to a HBCU. I feel like it's been like so far like I've been there for two so I've been there for summer or two and now my fall semester and I'm in love with HBCUs and I love like how like and I love the fact that I'm in the point of where they're turning around Texas Southern University so now you're not so those so the stereotypes that they have about Texas Southern University I'm not I don't see that what I heard like two years ago I don't see that they're at Texas Southern University I see grow I see kids that are 19 20 years old going to class in suits and and um 
and dress suits and all kind of stuff. I see sophisticated young black women that they're producing at Texas Southern University. And to be a part of that, I'm like, I, it was a culture shock because it was, I was around so many people, but I'm learning so much about my culture and heritage. And, you know, I take, um, one of my classes is African American history and I'm loving the class. I just sit there and I just listen to all of the comments and all of the information that my professor gives. And I just, you know, I'm like, wow, like all of this happened and we originated. And, you know, I, you know, I'm just learning so much about, you know, my heritage, who I am as a woman. I'm definitely building up my identity for this for the world that I'm getting ready to enter into, which is the entertainment field of being a news anchor. And I feel like Texas Southern will prepare me than any other college or any, whether it has been any other HBCU or be, or be a predominantly white college. I'm so happy that I made the choice to go to Texas Southern University. I mean, I'm loving the experience, getting to meet new people, networking. There's always someone new coming on our on our campus, and I'm meeting people that I never thought I'll get to meet. So I'm, I love the experience of going to HBCU. I recommend it to anybody that wants to build their self up as an African American person to go to an HBCU. So I I love the I love a I love it. I I, I advocate for it any day. Oh my goodness! Well, you should be a TSU. Um, what do they call them? Ambassador. You should. Yeah. Welcome to yeah. I mean, You would be great for that. Mm -hmm. She would be absolutely great. I mean, that was like a commercial. She make me want to go. Up yeah, the, the excitement in her voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the excitement. Very enthusiastic. Some postgraduate studies or something. Yeah. I mean, that just. Jeez, that was great, Chantel. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <clears throat> and I want to thank all of you for taking the time to come on tonight. Um, if you have any closing thoughts, like something you want to share with some parents that may be listening that have a have a, um, a child that will be enrolling in college next year, what would you share with them and or what would you share with a high school student that is graduating and preparing for college, what is one little tip that you will share with them? Let's start with you, Andre. Well, number one, if you're going to make it happen, you got to be on it. You got to give 100% effort. Don't do things at the last minute and don't procrastinate because it will become a habit that you carry with you through school, which will not even help you get through school. And, mm. and if you are going to go, make sure you actually go and you have a purpose because this isn't for everybody. Don't go because your parents say you have to go. If it's just not in your plan and it's just something that really isn't necessary for you in life, then don't do it because all you're doing is you're wasting time and you're wasting money. So mm. that's just. If your heart isn't in it. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, who, I mean, who wants to, you know, who wants to spend the rest of, you know, their college years, you know, depressed and miserable, and then now yeah. they're even more depressed because now they have to think about, oh, well, I didn't finish, or I didn't do this, or, you know, I don't know what I really want to do in life, not, but I still have to pay back these loans, and okay. things like that, because no matter what, Uncle Sam gonna come for you. <laughs> so, 
you have to you have to make it you have to make it worth it. You got to make it worth mm-hmm. it. So if it's something you put your mind to, give 100% effort. If you're not gonna do it, don't waste time and money. Just save it. And if you got something else planned and you just don't need college, then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Have either one of you seen um, that film, Dear Dear White People? It's on Netflix streaming right now. No, I haven't seen it. If you get some time, maybe check that out. It's about um, uh, um, students at a college, and it's actually based on um, some actual events. It's a a pretty interesting film. Someone suggested that to me, I heard about it and I forgot about it. And a friend of mine sent me a little message and said, "Hey, you should check out this dear white people." But um, it, it's giving you a, a little peek into uh, college life there, so it's, it's kind of cool. So, what about um, you, Miss Chantel? What little tidbit could you give to someone, a parent or the student? <laughs> Like what tidbit you said I can give to someone? Mm-hmm. What bit of advice could you give to a student entering college next year or a parent? Um, definitely from a student perspective, um, dot all your eyes, cross all your T's ahead of time. Um, be very proactive in um getting your information sent to the school and um. Always stay on top of things like if um like stay like be like you know know what's like going on on uh, in terms of like on your blackboard. Make sure you check that as frequently. Know what that is and find somebody of uh, um definitely mo- um find somebody a uh, upperclassman whether it's tenth grade whether it's um a sophomore or it's a senior. Find someone where you can connect with that's an upperclassman that can give you opportunities and words of wisdom and advice on how to. Um, carry out through your freshman year and in terms of parents um, I would definitely recommend when you're helping your kid um, go go through the applying for college process have your kid find the FERPA which is like giving you access to information so sometimes you know when you go to college as a teen you don't want your, your parents in, in your business and you don't know you know you feel like you can do it on your own now I'm on my own and now my the university is telling me that I make the choice to make my parents sign the FERPA. I definitely um, recommend that the parents become involved because once you see your, you know, it's just like you are in high school. Once you see that your parents is involved and proactive and know what you're doing, you're going to learn to, you're going to make sure that you're going to make those grades. You know, you're going to have a social life, but once you see that your parents are proactive and they want you to, you see someone that wants you to succeed, you're going to definitely stay proactive and make sure you get your work done on time because you know they're going to be checking up on you. So that's one definitely thing I'll give to the parents and to the students. Stay very proactive in college when entering. Okay. Stay proactive. I love it. Love it. All right, Mr. KD, what do you have for okay. I have college is totally dependent on the person. Like you can take college as slow as you want it or as quick as you want. I found out that you need 30 hours to be considered a sophomore. And to be on track, you need to be taking at least 15 hours a semester. And then to get and to put you ahead of the game, you can be t- you can do 15, 15 the first and second semester, and then you can take courses in the summer. 
which will put, which will, you know, even further your classifications. And you could be way ahead of the game if you, if you want, if you wanted to be doing it like that. You could finish college within three years before any of your peers. And, you know, stay, stay motivated. Don't ever give up. You know, I didn't, I didn't see, I, people in my class way older, like in their forties and stuff like that. They say they went to the military, came back because they want, they wow. want that degree. And then even this one story of this guy, he was, he attended Lamar in the eighties and he said he, he, he came for about a semester or two and he started up his own business of making boxes and and the, and the business got really good to where he, you know, he felt like he didn't, he didn't need to go to college anymore. He didn't, he didn't see the benefit of it. And so the, all of these boxes he was distributing, you know, it's like boxes you see when you go shopping at Sam's Club and HEB, those are the boxes, you know, he making. He actually get paid millions off, off of making, off of make, making those boxes. And you know, he, he, he's like the CEO of the company or whatever. And he's like, he, he wanted to come back to college because, you know, all of, all the workers that was coming through, they all have degrees and he's, he's like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm in this position. I should really have a, a, a degree <laughs> that like he said, he needs, he needs that title. He need he needs to have, have that. He just feel like something's missing. Even though he have the money, he's just, that he just, it just feels like something's missing. So he hmm. came back. That's interesting. And let me ask you. It is interesting. Um, yeah. So, so say for instance, like you're a freshman now. If someone wrote you a check for $50 million, would you continue going to college or would you drop out? I would finish. (laughs) You would finish? Yeah, I'm already here. I might as well get it over with. I, I probably would. Yeah, I would finish. I say that money finishes off school. Like, I don't even need financial aid anymore. Everything <laughs> 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 I need. I'm really set up for success now. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. I can go for the high degree. I can get my master's, the PhD. I might as well get the whole yeah, thing. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. good. You just write a check every semester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chantel, would you, is Chantel still with us? Would you take the $50 million check and drop out or would you, would you, uh, oh no, I would definitely, I would definitely continue because to me, um, $60 million is not no, it's not money. I mean, that's not, you know, anybody can be a millionaire. It's how you, it's what you do with Hmm. it. So I feel like, you know, I would, st- I need to, con- I want to make more than millions, so I need to, con- I- and that's the way I'm going to make more than millions if I get a degree, so, and if I continue to get degrees, so I would definitely stay in college. Okay. And Dre, somebody write you out a $50 million check this in the morning. Did you go to school, well, go to class Monday, or drop out? Well, nah. <laughs> I like my. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike my Would you fellow, go buy your music studio and 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 just go and make you know music what? or would you? Yeah, gonna be Empire. He said he gonna be. <laughs> you know what? Um, you're pro- you're you're probably right. Uh, <laughs> not I not even mm-hmm. say that because honestly, I mean, unlike you know my fellow peers over the phone, they're you know mm-hmm. they say you know 
going to college and, you know, being a millionaire. Well, to say $50 million, you know, to say that's nothing. Well, if I gave that to a kid in the street, I'm pretty sure they'll lose their mind, go bananas and go spend it on just any and everything. So really, I can't say I wouldn't be in that same position, you know, and especially for what I do. Honestly, just being real, you know, I probably would drop out of school, you know, and not so much because I need that classification like, oh, I have a degree because a degree doesn't, it doesn't make, you know, it don't make me no better or worse than the next person. You know, it's just what I actually do with my money. Because that's, I mean, that's, at the end of the day, that's the major factor. Because there are a lot of people with the title, you know, that I have a college degree in quotations, but uh-huh. most of them are broke. And there are people out there who don't have degrees and they're making way more money than a person with the actual degree. So it just depends on what you do with it. If you get $50 million and all you do is spend it on big house, nice cars, and, you know, you're just tricking your money out. Well, that's when it becomes stupid. <laughs> then you don't yeah. know how to manage yeah. money. But if you invested in something, you invested in the business, and you feel like you have that knowledge to run the business or anything like that, you know, the sky's the limit. Go for it. And I feel like I would do the same. And, you know, investing in something that. that's going to make even more money. Well, you know, I I think I think seventy five percent of the millionaires, maybe seventy five percent. Don't quote me on that. Research it. Don't believe what people <laughs> tell you all the time. But seventy five percent, I believe, of the millionaires did not finish high school. Uh, when you look at people like Bill Gates, um, I think even Steve Jobs and Mike Zuckerberg, they all mm-hmm. dropped out of college. They dropped mm-hmm. out. Because they had a vision. Exactly, exactly. So I'm not saying drop out of college, but, I mean, if if you can reach your goal without having to go to college, there's certainly nothing wrong with that at all. And sometimes you just may want to drop out for the time being and then return to college later like uh, Shaq. Shaq Shaq has done that. Michael Jordan did it too. Okay. Well, all right, guys, we'll close out tonight. And I sure thank you so very much. And keep up the good work. And stay in touch with your friends and family, as the young lady stated. And stay focused. And keep living your life. All right. All right. Bye. 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 With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.